And our New Testament reading from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Zika. Do keep that open. What would you say if Jesus asked you this question? What do you want me to do for you? How would you respond? Don't worry, I'm not going to ask us to share our answers, but do bear what pops into your mind uh, in mind as we go through this passage. Because this is a question that Jesus asks twice in the space of only a few verses in, uh, in this, the tenth chapter of Mark's Gospel. And in each time he asks it, he gets very different responses with very different outcomes. The first time we heard about was uh, admittedly three weeks ago when we were looking at the previous passage when two of Jesus' closest friends, James and John, came to Jesus asking him to do something for them. He asked, what do you want me to do for you? And they answered the question with a request for power and glory. This afternoon we're going to look at the second time Jesus asked this question, this time to a blind man, Bartimaeus, who simply asks to be able to see. This question, what do you want me to do for you, is a question that Jesus asks each and every one of us, and this passage will helpfully, hopefully help us see how we should respond, or to put it another way, it will help us to see how to make the most of Jesus' offer. Two simple points as we go through the passage. Bartimaeus shows us that we must know our need, and he shows us that we must trust Jesus' solution. So knowing our need. Let's start with Bartimaeus himself. What do we know about him? Well, there are two things that verse 46 makes clear. He's blind, and he's a beggar. Now then, as now, being blind could cover a whole range of impairments to sight. Uh, Total blindness, I discovered, is actually quite rare. But many people, I'm sure we all know people, who suffer impairments that can be just as debilitating. Um, I remember my late grandfather telling me about what it was like to suffer from macular degeneration. He sort of described a big black blotch in the middle of his eyesight. could only really see out of the corner of his eye. It made things I take for granted, like 
eating dinner or crossing a room utterly frustrating. This is the life that Bartimaeus lives. Every day he sits alone on the outskirts of Jericho. He hears the footsteps as people go past. He hears the chatter. Occasionally he hears the ring of a coin thrown onto the ground in front of him as an act of charity. And then more footsteps as people hurry on by. Bartimaeus has no illusions about his needs. He is completely powerless and dependent upon the charity of others. Just compare him to James and John, their pride, their boldness. We'll come back to them in a moment. But one day Bartimaeus hears excited shouts, more footsteps than normal. It's a large crowd. Uh, They're getting closer and closer. Here's the cloaks dragging along the ground and their sandals crunching against the sand. And amidst all the hubbub, he, he catches a name. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, Jesus. Bartimaeus has heard that name before. The rumours had been spreading for a few weeks from the next town over. That, that this Jesus had made the deaf hear and the lame leap and those unable to speak shout for joy. He'd even heard, he doesn't dare believe this, but he'd heard that Jesus could open the eyes of the blind. Bartimaeus is blind, he is a beggar, but now we know a third thing about him. He knows who Jesus is. And as Bartimaeus heard the rumours about Jesus, his, his mind may have gone back to the prophecy we heard in our Old Testament reading from Isaiah 35. Uh, it's a well-known prophecy among the Jews of the time. It spoke of when God would come to bring salvation to his people through his Messiah, the son of David. And it promised that when this happened, then will the eyes of the blind be opened And the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer. And the mute tongue shout for joy. If this man from Nazareth was able to give sight to the blind. That's amazing in itself. But it also points to Jesus' true identity. As God's Messiah. God's anointed king. God himself stepped into human history. To save his people. Bartimaeus' heart starts to race. He can hear the crowd moving past him. So verse 47, he shouts, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This is the irony of Bartimaeus as opposed to James and John. Bartimaeus is physically blind, yet he can see enough about Jesus to cry out to him for mercy. Jesus' own disciples can see Jesus well enough in front of him, but they've been blind to who he really is and how they should respond to him. And think how different they are. James and John were very aware of their privilege as Jesus' followers. Um, As we've gone through these chapters in Mark, we've seen the disciples bickering and arguing about who's the most important. There's no sense in their words of their dependence or their need and if you ask them what do you need they answered well we want more privilege and prestige and glory whereas the request Bartimaeus makes in verses 47 and 48 is simply have mercy he doesn't plead dignity he simply appeals to Jesus' love 
Where do we sit on the spectrum between Bartimaeus and James and John? I'm sure that like Bartimaeus, we often feel our needs very strongly. We struggle on as best we can, whether it's with difficult relationships or chronic pain or nights of worry. But if you're anything like me, we'll also have moments of self-assurance, confidence in other things, whether it's bank accounts or, or relations. And when we think about what we really need, I suspect our minds often go to more security, more comfort. Bartimaeus teaches us that we need to be aware of our spiritual needs as well as our physical that we need spiritual sight above all things. This has struck me this week, especially as I've been praying about job interviews. Obviously, as I pray, I I want a job, and Jesus welcomes uh, such prayers, and I've been very touched by those of you who've been praying for me. But what struck me reading this passage was that Jesus doesn't want my prayers to stop with simply what I want. The challenge for me has been to think bigger, to pray that whatever the outcome, that I would have the sight to see God's good plans and hand in it. That's actually where my greatest need lies. I don't need a particular job, however much I might want it. But I do need God to open my eyes to his purposes for my life. Between them, James, John and Bartimaeus show that spiritual blindness is our biggest problem. And they challenge us to pray for spiritual sight as our most urgent need. And this brings us on to our second point, trusting Jesus' solution. Because you might think this is the end of it. Bartimaeus sees his need, sees Jesus as the solution, and cries out. Uh, and earlier on in the, in the gospel, this may have been where the miracle would have happened. But there's a problem. And it's with those around Bartimaeus and how they respond. Verse 48 Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Shut up, Bartimaeus. Don't make a fuss. You're being embarrassing. You're getting in the way. Why can't you just pipe down and fit in? Bartimaeus does not fit into the crowd. He stands out. And that's always a little bit scary. Um, I don't know about you, but I don't like being picked out from the crowd. I remember once being um, at school... um, being caught talking in the middle of assembly by the headmaster and the headmaster says Evan shut up and the whole school (laughs) flipped round to to look at me I'd been picked out from the crowd and it was not a good moment Bartimaeus is singled out but in a good way he's an individual Jesus cares for him not as an anonymous part of a crowd but as an individual He cares for each and every person here as an individual, as you. Not just part of the 4pm congregation, but you, who you are, what your needs are. It's very easy for us to come along Sunday by Sunday to fit in, to conform, to, to simply say the words because this is what we do. And this is just as true for me, even though I very obviously stand out in my robes. But what does Jesus say to Bartimaeus amidst all the shouting and the kerfuffle, amidst the crowd, where Bartimaeus could just have slipped away anonymously? 
verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, call him. Jesus doesn't want to talk to the crowd. He wants to talk to Bartimaeus. And I just love Bartimaeus' reaction. He jumped to his feet, throwing his cloak aside, and came to Jesus. Um, If I'd been sitting by the roadside in the heat all day, I would be stiff and aching. I would not be in the mood to leap around like a jack-in-the-box. If I was a beggar, I would be very protective of my one and only cloak. But nothing is going to get in Bartimaeus' way. He's just that excited. Cloak thrown aside, aching joints forced into motion. He comes to Jesus, his heart beating, hands shaking with excitement. And here we get to the question. Jesus' gentle, generous, and open question. What do you want me to do for you? And all of us, in all our needs, in all our blindness, this is the question Jesus is asking you and me as individuals this afternoon. He does not deal with crowds. He deals with individuals. He cares for your needs as much as for mine. He knows the fears and anxieties particular to you. He wants to meet with you. And that means we must come as individuals. We must be prepared to step out from the crowd. Now, I don't mean that we abandon our lovely liturgy and our meeting together, but it does mean that we have to do business if you like, one-to-one with God. Actually, saying doing business makes it sound a bit dry and boring. It's more as if we've all received a personal invitation to take tea with the ruler of the universe to chat about our concerns and our worries. We are invited to place our burdens on the one person who can diagnose our needs and provide a solution. It's no wonder Bartimaeus chucks his cloak aside so quickly. And Bartimaeus simply asks, Rabbi, I want to see. Again, see the contrast with Jesus' disciples. They wanted to rule the world. They want comfort and security. Bartimaeus simply wants to see. What happens next? Well, verse 52. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, Bartimaeus received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. The man who had spiritually seen Jesus for who he was now receives physical sight. And what does he do with it? Well, he follows. He he sees Jesus in his footsteps, and he follows him. The encounter has changed him. And again, another irony, Bartimaeus now receives the same privileged position that James and John had. It simply began with wanting to see But now he's one of the disciples, a companion of the son of David, on his mission to save Israel. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asks. What do we make of this this afternoon? Now I should say, it is entirely fine to pray for physical relief. And also, it needs to be accepted that sometimes Christ chooses not to heal us in the way that we would like for reasons that will often remain hidden this side of heaven. This passage isn't saying that if we simply have enough faith and believe hard enough, Jesus will answer us. That's not asking for mercy, but demanding payment. Bartimaeus is showing us something quite different. He shows us that when we ask Jesus for the sight to see him as he really is, 
When we ask him to, see, to show us his true value and character, he will not disappoint. Christ delights to open our eyes, to show us himself, to show us the world, to show us ourselves as it really is. What does this actually look like for us this afternoon? I think too often we can make true faith sound as though we have to run off and preach on street corners or go off and become missionaries in some distant land. But I think the thing that this says to us this afternoon is about coming to Jesus as individuals, in the quiet of our own hearts, in our own rooms. We all have different needs and struggles, and expressing our faith can often look very different depending on those journeys. What I would suggest is that Bartimaeus' faith is best expressed through personal prayer. And again, I don't mean yelling out our own prayers when we come to the intercessions that might put Zika off. I mean that maybe once a day, when we get up in the morning or before we go to bed, we pray in the silence of our hearts. We step out of the crowd and say to Jesus, this is what I want you to do for me. These are my needs, my wants. But most of all, I want to see. Give me the sight to see you as you truly are. Help me see the world around me through your eyes. Help me see myself and others as you see me. Every time we pray, it's as though Jesus has called us out of the crowd and we're addressed by the King of Glory himself who longs to know our needs our burdens and longs to give us you and me the sight to see him more clearly and love him more dearly let's pray Lord Jesus thank you that you deal with each of us as we are as we come to you that you call each of us out of the crowd You do not want an anonymous mass of worshippers, but you want friends with whom you have a relationship. Help us to see you more clearly, we pray. Help us to see you as the one who can meet all of our wants and needs, and that like Bartimaeus, we would leap up and follow you. Amen.